feel like the word independence gets a bad rap when it comes to dogs and dog training. A lot of people complain, my dog is too independent, they don't listen to me. But what if I told you independence is extremely important when it comes to creating a well-rounded dog? Don't believe me? Well, hopefully I can convince you next. All right, let's get this week's episode going. Hey, everybody, I am Jake from On Dog Training Academy. We are an online dog training company. We're putting out courses. We are doing one-on-one virtual lessons. Check us out at ondogtrainingacademy.com if you want more information on any of the services we do. So on today's episode, we are going to be talking about independence and what it truly means and the value of of having a dog that is independent. Now in the intro, like I mentioned, I deal with a lot of people who go, you know what, I just, my dog's too independent, my dog doesn't wanna listen to me, they don't need me, whatever, and they they give a lot of different reasons why they think their dog is independent. And I just wanna talk today about why independence is so valuable and when you tie it into good training and socializing and, and just, just good general training, I guess. I can't even think of a better word for it, but just good training with your dog. When you tie everything in and you have that independence, but you have that obedience and everything else, it just creates this absolutely awesome, well-rounded, well-social, everything dog that you can enjoy forever. Um, So that's what what we're going to be talking about today. So like I mentioned, the first thing is obedience. You have to have obedience, right? Like you can't have a dog and go, well, you know what? I'm not going to do any training with them. I'm just going to let them do what they want to do and then get upset when they don't listen to you, right? Or they don't, they don't want to come back to you or they run away or they get into trouble or whatever it might be. Pick your poison. And that's, that's a problem. We need to have obedience. And contrary, I think, to what some people believe, dogs like good obedience. They like good control. They like good guidance. And what I mean good is I mean fair, consistent, um, positive. And that doesn't mean positive only like you're only giving treats and praise. You can use corrections if you need to, but everything needs to be fair and clear. And when you when you have that really good obedience training with your dog, it just your bond grows with your dog, which makes a dog who wants to be with you the understanding is there, and that to me is, is so big. If you have a dog who just, if you're yelling at your dog because they're naughty a lot, if you're not expecting a lot of your dog and then suddenly you are, you add so much stress, anxiety, and confusion to your dog that your dog then starts to go, I don't get this, I don't like this, and that's when the dog will purposely ignore you because they're like, you know what, I just, I don't like the situation, I'm not fond of you, whatever it might be, I'm just going to do my own thing. And that's when people go, oh, my dog is so so independent, so stubborn. That's another thing I think people say when they're talking about dogs is, oh, they're so stubborn. They don't want to listen to me. And I think if you just have that good foundation of training, it goes such, such a long ways. And so that's something I want you guys to keep in mind. And remember, your training has to be good. 
you know, you can't sit there and correct your dog and, and beat your dog up and stuff. And especially when they don't know why they're being corrected, you have to be clear and it has to be fun. Like I, when I train my dog and, and we've used corrections, um, in the past with him, I don't really correct him anymore cause he doesn't really do anything wrong. Um, but my corrections with him have always been minimal, you know, uh, nothing over the top. We don't use pinch collars, Z collars, nothing like that. And I'm not necessarily opposed to that. I just don't use it. Um, and you know, the bond that, that we've created and, and everything is amazing on the flip side of that. He is also an independent dog, which I absolutely love. An independent dog who will listen to you. You tell him to come, he's going to come over to you. You tell him to go away, he's going to go away. And and what I love about the independents is they don't rely on me constantly. It drives me crazy. And I've talked about this in past episodes. It drives me crazy when I'm talking to clients and they're like, yeah, my dog has to go to the bathroom with me. And I go, why? Like, because the dog screams outside the door and paws at it if they can't get to me. Well, that's not... That's not a healthy relationship. That's a completely dependent to the point of anxiety relationship. That's just not, it's it's not healthy. So having a dog who's like, yeah, you know what? You go to the bathroom, you go take a shower, you go do whatever. And I'm just going to lay on my bed and sleep or chew on a bone or play with a toy or whatever, not get in trouble. That to me is so valuable to have. So obedience training, number one, make sure you're doing that. And I'm going to say this is number One, obedience training will be number 1A. Number 1B, socializing. It shouldn't be any surprise that socializing is extremely important when it comes to training dogs because you need it, right? You have to have a dog that's not going to freak out when they go in new situations or try to bite somebody when they come over to your house. We want to have these dogs that are well-rounded and they're, 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 confident they're social and i mean appropriately social so that goes back into obedience not jumping on people not biting people not trying to you know be they need to have manners of course but be social and so that means taking your dog new places to me this is something i think that people kind of i don't want to say don't do because i think people understand socializing super important again this is something you can go back to a previous episode that i've talked in depth into socializing people have understand I need to get my dog out and do stuff. However, we get into our routines. We get into our, I don't want to call them ruts, but we get into our routines. We're like, you know what? Okay. I'm going to bring my dog with me to this park, this specific park. I'm going to bring my dog to my work. I'm going to bring my dog over to somebody's house, but nothing really ventures away from that. When we socialize dogs, we're taking them to new places as often as we can. Yes, we're going to have repeat places. Of course, this is life. You're going to be taking your dogs to friends' houses multiple times or to parks multiple times, more than that even. But you want to make sure you're taking your dog to a new park or to somebody else's house that maybe they haven't been to or just going to. So so we live out in the country and within 15 minutes-ish or so, we can be in four different cities. Small cities or little towns, whatever you want to call them, but they all have a downtown. And so what I try to make sure I do when I'm taking client dogs out and doing work with them, I don't go to the same one. Every time I work with the dog, I'm like, okay, you know, we're going to go to this city first and then we're going to go over to this city and we just move cities around for every outing. And the reason we do that is because we're changing what the dog is seeing. We're changing everything. It smells different. It looks different. It sounds different. Everything's different 
indoors, outdoors, wherever we might be going, but we're making an effort to change what the dog sees because our goal when it comes to socializing, and this should be your goal as well, is when you get a dog somewhere, your dog gets out, looks around and goes, oh, this is a new place. Cool. Not gets out and goes, this is a new place. Oh my God, where am I? What is this? I've never seen stuff like this before in my life. And they freak out. So having that social aspect with your dog, to me, creates a more independent dog, a more confident dog. Confidence, confidence again, is something that I think people look at in dogs and they go, oh, okay, the dog is super confident. They, they, they blow me off. They don't listen again. And a confident, independent, social dog that's well-trained, oh my God, those are the best. And, you know, I feel like our dog is close to that. Yes, he is not perfect. I might talk like he is. And sometimes I might, to his face, tell him he's perfect. But honestly, he's probably not completely perfect. He has his flaws just like any dog does. But he's confident. He's social. He's good when we take him new places. I mean, we traveled from our home in Minnesota all the way down to San Diego. We stopped at Mount Rushmore. We stopped at the Hoover Dam. We stopped at a ton of different places along the way in our travels. It was about three days because we went up through Utah. We went through South Dakota and then Utah and down through Colorado. So we stopped at so many different places um, and just explored. He got to see animals he's never seen before. He's got to see all this stuff. And he handled it so well, you know. I mean, he had his little issues here and there. But all in all, I was pretty proud of kind of how he did. Um, When we got to the hotel, that was was a whole nother whole nother thing because there were so many people talking walking around and stuff so he was a little concerned about why are all these weird people walking outside of our hotel door but he started to get better especially on our trip home he started to improve so the last thing then that I want you guys to make sure you're doing and this is something I think that can either people don't do it or when they do it they maybe don't do it correctly I guess and I'll explain is you want to encourage curiosity. So if a dog is walking past something, so in our town, I'll give you guys an example. In, in the town that we live closest to, there's this drinking fountain shaped like a kind of a cartoon lion at one of the parks. And I find that, I would say, 40% of the dogs that we walk past it get a little nervous about it. They're like, oh, what is that thing? Oh my God, it looks weird. I guess I can't blame them. It's kind of a weird looking lion thing its mouth is open and then you drink water from its mouth and so what i tend to do is if i see a dog that's a little um worried about it i try to teach them hey you know what go up check it out like walk i'll walk with them i'll show them it's not a big deal i'll walk up and kind of like touch it and stuff and a lot of times dogs be like oh okay that's fine Other times, I have to go up and encourage with food. I'm never forcing them. I'll never drag a dog up to to look at something that they're afraid of because I feel like that force could actually backfire and make it worse. But I'm going to encourage them to explore. I'm like, hey, check it out. Be curious. Investigate stuff. You know, I don't want a dog that when they're afraid, they're just like, I'm out. I'm done. I want a dog who goes, well, that's weird. What's that about? And just have that curiosity. And when I say people do it wrong, it's either the dog gets worried about something so they force them into it instead of trying to coax them and make them kind of discover it through positive training. Um, But also, I feel like people go, oh, curiosity, I should let my dog just pull me everywhere, anywhere they want to go because, well, they're curious. Well, no, that's not what I mean. 
If I tell a dog to heal, they're going to have to heal with me and work with me the entire time. I do not want them to just suddenly go, what is that? And pull away. There's still the obedience part. That's why obedience is not one of the number one things I want to work on along with socializing. The, a distant third, I guess you could call it, would be the curiosity where I just, we need to have that obedience. I don't want my dog to just bust away from me just because they want to go check something out um, or because they're afraid. I want them to just stay with me because I said so. And so if my dog is looking at something, if my dog is interested in something, I might walk them over to it and hey, go, hey, you can check this out. It's fine. I'm encouraging proper curiosity. All right. So those three things, your obedience training, and with obedience, it also kind of ties into like rules, right? Understanding you have specific rules. You can't jump on me. I figure teaching no jump. I, I always pull this into obedience, but I should make sure people understand. Rules are extremely important. Rules create consistency in your training. Rules create an understanding between you and your dog, and especially your dog understands what is expected of them. So there's less surprises. There's less inconsistencies because inconsistencies is what kind of kills training and kills relationships. So that obedience is super important. Socializing, super important. Like you want to be getting your dog out. You want to expose them to things. And remember with socializing, it's not just about going places and meeting new dogs and new people. It's also smells, tastes, visual things that they can see. Like like just just doing something like like... A lot sometimes in our backyard, a, a bag will blow in or something and be stuck on the fence. And our dog never seems to have a problem with it. But new client dogs will go, that's new. Oh, my God. And they bark at it. And that's what you want to teach your dog. You want to teach your dog through changes in, in sceneries. Yes, you're so comfortable in this, in this environment, and that's great. But what happens if the environment slightly changes? What if we move a couch, right? What if all of a sudden your favorite spot to lay down, you can't do it anymore? Like these changes... I think are important and it teaches your dog how to tolerate changes, which I think is super important. So anyways, obedience, socializing, and then encouraging that curiosity, getting your dog to be okay with and willing and wanting to go check things out. I think that's so important. It's, it's, it's crazy. So guys, that is going to be it. This is a shorter podcast this week. We're just going to be running it about 15 minutes. So that is an easy listen. So hopefully this was good for you guys. Think about this when you're working with your own dogs, when you're training, Think about this when you're planning stuff out with your dogs. Like, are you creating a dog that's independent or are you creating a dog that depends on you to the point of anxiety? Or is that something that's possibly being created? May not be there yet. You might have a young dog. You might have a dog that you're just seeing little signs of anxiety here and there. And you want to look into it and go, well, we're at a crossroad. Which way are we going to go? Are we going to keep feeding this? And maybe possibly creating these bad things with this anxiety? Or are we going to start to come up with a plan to create some independence, teach this dog some stuff? And obviously, if you guys need more help with this, if you're listening to this and be like, well, I need more info, you know, get a hold of us. Schedule a one-on-one. You can schedule one-on-ones, uh, virtual lessons, right from our website, ondogtrainingacademy.com. And what I absolutely love is we just set up down in our training area we just set up a TV with a uh, webcam where you're going to be able to see the classroom in its entirety and see me and hear me with, you know, we have good audio and stuff, hear me training and working. And then I can see you if we're doing like Zoom lessons, I can see you guys clear as day on the television. So it's a very 
very good thing. It's not just you see my face, I see your face, and we're talking. You're going to see what I do with my dog, and I can be able then to see what you're doing with your dog. I think it's super beneficial. It allows... It allows if, if like we live in Minnesota, so like weather sucks sometimes. And if you can't get out, you can still train, you can still get help. And so this is what we want to do. We want to help you guys out. So one-on-one virtual training, guys, I think it's super awesome. I think it's super helpful. And it's just as helpful, in my opinion, in a lot of ways as the in-person stuff. That's what we've at least found. So hopefully this episode was helpful for you guys. Hopefully you guys uh, learned some stuff. And if you think this could help anybody share this share our podcast we're always looking to spread the love we want people to get as much information as they can and uh, and hopefully hopefully help out as many people as possible so guys thank you so much for listening this week and of course like always we'll see you next week <laughs>